You are you now, are now listening, listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room With your host, C-Dope It's your boy Caesar Walker I got my boys with me Mike C Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development Ike Jones Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape And be real Which is not normal for me It's taking something out of me are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war room. Let's go! War Eagle, War Eagle, everyone. Welcome to the latest and greatest Wednesday night war room brought to you and uh, brought to you and all of you in partnership by AuburnSports.com. Guys, please be sure to check them out for your latest info as it pertains to recruiting news as well as other news surrounding Auburn athletics. Guys, also please be sure to share this video using the war at the war rapport and hashtag get your weight up. Fellas, how y'all doing? Amazing. So Mike G finally got the braces off and he can't stop smiling. And it's, 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 it's pretty freaking annoying, but I get it. Uh, <laughs> B, you doing good, bro? Yeah, we need to go ahead and get this Colgate sponsorship going. <laughs> Listen, it feels nice to just be able to talk. I've been trying to talk around them for, for 18 months. But, you know, you know what was, it was great is I decided to get braces because my company has bomb dental insurance. And then... I was a little self-conscious because I talked to people all day for, for my job about having braces on. And then the world put on masks for a year and a half. <laughs> so nobody saw them anyway, but you guys. <laughs> and now that we don't have to wear masks anymore, my braces are off. So the timing was perfect. It was amazing. Yeah, I, really, I really feel like we should have talked about you more being a grown man with braces. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. It is it's never it is. too late. It's never too late. <laughs> Get that never too late. Never too late. Well, listen, man, let's let's get into, you know, we we have a we have recruiting news to discuss. But, man, let's talk about what the whole college football world has been talking about today. And it's not SEC Media Days it's what basically came out during SEC Media Days. And that's the word that Texas and Oklahoma allegedly reportedly, according to uh, the Houston Chronicle, um, I cannot pronounce the guy's last name. But uh, a guy at the Houston Chronicle basically reported that these two programs have inquired about potentially joining the SEC. Now, mm. I'm going to go ahead and just give you my doubts before I, I pass the rock to either one of you guys. There's a whole bunch of hurdles that's going to have to be clear before this becomes a reality. Now, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to know who, who who wants for I can pick somebody, but I'm going first on this Mike jumping at the bit. OK, what what are your thoughts on this breaking story that that came out today? Uh, OK, so just to refresh everybody's memory, it was Texas that almost ended the Big 12. When Texas A&M and Missouri came over. Way back when was it 2014 that they came over? B, I think it was 14, 14 or 13 they came over, right? No, so, it was 12. It was 12. It was, it was 12? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. so like, um, Texas arrogance almost destroyed that conference. Now they went out and the conference let them get the, the Longhorn Network, which I don't know how this is gonna work because Mike's live is. You know, or I'm sorry, who's our, who's our 
commissioner? What's his name? Greg Sankey. Sankey. Sankey is not going to let them bring the Longhorn Network to the SEC. They can't do it. Right? Because we have a TV Earl, revenue Earl number sharing one. model. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> TV revenue sharing model that that does not fit in. None of our university presidents or coaches or athletic directors are going to stand for that. It is an unfair recruiting advantage to the rest of the members of your conference to have your own television deal. Right. Right. You, you don't bring anything to the conference when you do that. That's that in, in, in Texas A&M, what they came over, they were like, listen, we're going to go to the SEC and get that SEC revenue sharing money. You know, and help build our program up. I think that they came out better rather than staying in the Big 12. In the shadow of all that Texas, you know, uh, arrogance. Right. So I have that problem. Now, again, reminding everybody, they tried to take that foolishness to the PAC. And the PAC told them to get on somewhere with that. But there were some stipulations. Texas will not go anywhere without Oklahoma. Oklahoma will not go anywhere without Oklahoma State. That was a huge problem with them joining the pack as well. So now if the rules have changed between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, I'd love to hear it. Uh, I hear a representative, a representative uh, someone spoke on behalf of Oklahoma State, and they were not happy here with the news of this. Yeah. All right. Listen, I mean, there's so this thing is tangled up in so much. Right. So um, I have I, again. They they signed a they years ago. I think they signed like a ten year, three hundred million dollar deal with ESPN for the Longhorn Network. How many? When did that start? I don't know. the The deal runs it, through twenty thirty one though. Yeah it, yeah, it was a big. It, it was part of what made Texas A and M say, "The hell with y'all, I'm out. We out." Right. So I just feel like. There, there are a ton of hurdles. If you know, I mean, listen, uh, the SEC has their own deal with ESPN, right? Um, I'd have to imagine that the first step one is you got to get rid of the Longhorn Network. That's no more. I think the, I think, I think what would be working in their favor is that because the ESPN would own all rights to the SEC, that somehow that could be renegotiated or restructured. Somehow they could right. work through. But the problem with that though is that Fox Sports or Fox still holds claim to some of the Big 12. They they have yeah. some of their games on Fox. Yeah, and uh, I want to watch well. SEC so games I, on Fox. Yeah, let's go ahead and just kibosh that, right? Fair enough, fair enough, Fox. but I'm pretty <laughs> sure they would have something to say about this, right? Yeah. You don't want you don't want to have rights to to a conference that no longer has two two of the best teams in your conference leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I it's I messy. Yeah, I don't know how this works, honestly. And you know what? I don't know what the SEC stands to gain from it, really. Right. Somebody tell me, what do we really stand to gain from taking those two headaches on? Then you have to realign your whole conference. Like, I I just, I personally don't want to see this. I hope this idea dies where it started. Go join some other conference. Please, B. <laughs> I didn't do it. What you said my thing for? What <laughs> are your thoughts? Mike, Mike, Mike's done. He's done. Yeah. What? Well, how do how do you feel about this? Because because I was mind I was I was minding my own business, getting ready to talk about 
Jay Fair. And then then Brian mentions this to us. So I'm pretty sure you have some thoughts. What are your thoughts, Brian? Y'all forgive me. Um, if you were going in and out, Jay, my bad. Y'all forgive me. My connection is acting up a little bit. But I'm definitely going to get out and get back in if I get lost. All right. I like this. All right. I, I like chaos, man. It's, it's madness because this is an admission that the SEC is the place to be. That's it. You won't end on the game because you let Texas say, hey, you can, it's okay for you to say, I think I'm worth more than everybody else. I'm going to do my own thing, which is what Notre Dame did, by okay. the way. Okay. And it didn't work out. Alabama, if anybody was going to have the clout to do what Texas thought they were going to do or what Notre Dame did 30 years ago now, it would be Bama right now, right? Like it would four championships in, Saban would have been like, hey, let's get out of here. We can print our own money. But they stayed in house. You are better than Alabama. Texas hasn't won that many national championships. Oklahoma hasn't either. For all their hype with QBs and what Bob Soups did a long time ago, they hadn't done anything in a really, really long time. They're making playoffs, but I'm not really giving a whole bunch of credit to just making playoffs because if you get in there and get thumped, or you get in there and you can't get past uh, the first game, then you were kind of just, you know, what everybody says a 12-team playoff was going to be. And Oklahoma has been that in both BCS National Championship games and the playoffs since two since they got beat up by USC when we should have been in there. Right. That's it. Really, since they lost to, was it LSU that year they lost to? Wait, who? For Saban's first championship in LSU? Did, was yeah, they he, beat beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma. he beat Oklahoma. They haven't Florida, been relevant. Florida beat Oklahoma. Uh... Mm-hmm. I think that year that they was like went on a tear with 2008. Yeah. 2008. So Oklahoma has been Oklahoma, a consistent bridesmaid in the playoff. Yeah. Right. Oklahoma is the, the, the shining jewel in the crown. That is the big 12. And they have been no better than a bridesmaid on the big stage. How is that going to change for them? Anytime soon, you're getting the pick of the litter in a very large swath of your, your conference area. So they're getting top tier players. They are from well, there was a recruit I saw that that recruited to me, to them this week, and they were saying this is it. Oklahoma is QBU, and it's hard to argue with that. I can't argue with that. You're getting the best guy at the most important position every cycle, and the best you can do is semifinal. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Philip Coleman. <laughs> he, he basically said, "Boise State beat Oklahoma." So yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's facts. That's facts. So, <laughs> so if if that's their ceiling, and Texas has, they thought they were back. Texas was not back, obviously. Um, it to me, this is them saying, "All right, listen, maybe we aren't as big a deal as we thought. Let's leave these other teams to kind of fend for themselves because we think we're football royalty. So what better place for us?" than to get in where there's actual football royalty and fight it out. Because the benefit of being in the SEC, even if you aren't top dog, and it's the reason I never wanted to go to the East as for us, is all we have to do is make it through. You don't have to go through the what if, well, look at their schedule. If you beat A&M, Bama, LSU, Georgia, who's going to argue with you about who belonged where? Nobody. Those home games have to be worth so much money to a OU. Bama coming to OU. Bama coming to Texas. Man, come on, that's big money. And the all the concerns about the TV contracts. Do you know how many more seats in 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 houses and how many accounts now subscribe to the SEC network in Texas? 
not just the, the corner of the state that A&M had carved out. UT is the bigger market. They are the bigger school. You telling me you can get all those households on the SEC network? I think they fold the Longhorn network in right now. If, if somebody gave it, okay. What you want this? Fine. We're going to the SEC. Let's get that SEC money. All those houses in Oklahoma and Texas and Nebraska, there are plenty of Oklahoma fans all over the central United States. That money would come flowing in. Seven out of the 12 playoff spots would be SEC teams and everybody would be rolling in it. I don't know how this is a bad thing, honestly. If it's going to be, oh, man, that's too many games. We just had an all-SEC schedule. How is that bad for us? It's harder to get out of the SEC and win it, but, man, it's a monumental accomplishment at that point. Oh, my. Oh, I love it. I love the idea of that. I love it. So one person hates it. One person loves it. Listen, I sounds, like say, a, sounds like a great show. What you got, I, Mike? I just <laughs> want to say that that was a beautiful soliloquy. Like everything he said is absolutely correct, but I still hate it. <laughs> what's what's because, there hate? because I hate we know, those we know, two Mike. schools. <laughs> I hate okay. those two schools. Keep that foolishness over there where it's at. Like I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing with you, B. I I, I agree with you. All the money that it brings in financially, there's a sense that it makes. Right. Right. But we already rich. We don't need it. <laughs> so, you know, we, what I mean? we don't. That's, we don't. That's, 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 not, that's not that's not how rich people think. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know what it's like? It's, it's, <laughs> like that, it's like that piece of cake sitting on the counter. Right. And you had dinner and you had appetizers and you're not hungry, but it's there. So you eat it anyway. You don't need dessert. I'm going to eat it anyway. Right before bed. Right every night this week. Right. So. I don't know. That's what they. That's what they are. They're the dessert on the table that you know you can eat or you cannot eat. But either way, your life is going to be fine. I would just rather not put on the extra weight eating the cake right before bed, and like it's just I don't know. I I don't like it. But but there's some t- they cannot come as is, which is my point, right? So but to Brian's point, there's going to have to be some restructuring of current deals for it to oh, sure. work within our model. Major restructuring. It's not sure. going to be a small thing. A lot yeah. of pride will be swallowed, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after you join the conference, a lot of humility will be dealt out on a silver platter, week after week. Mm-hmm. And I like it, right? So I love it. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I, Which, I think I think Oklahoma does well in the SEC, though, right? I think they bring a different yeah. kind of flavor. You know, I mean, listen, they know what they're doing with quarterbacks. I don't, I don't think that's in question. If you bring uh, 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 who's the, Lincoln Riley in that attack? I think that Asian comes back. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting deal in the SEC, and you bring two of the marquee coaches in college football back to the conference. That's really what makes our conference so much better. We hire the best coaches. Yeah, yeah. And week in and week out, it's a battle because you have the best minds in college football trying to out mentally outduel each other. I want I want to point out a comment by 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 Wesley. Uh, shouts out to you, man. Good to have you on watching live with us. He mentioned, well, with the Longhorn Network on verge of collapse, Texas needs to Is do it? something. Now, I didn't know this. Is it? I didn't know okay. that they were struggling. Listen, now, I love y'all. I, I, that's that news to happy. me. That brings a smile. <laughs> that makes you happy. Yeah. That's news to me. Somebody's but but that if, if if that's true, then that 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 makes sense because I'm thinking. Who wants that headache unless yes. unless Texas thinks it's a headache and wants out of it? 
That network was stupid to begin with. Who, man. Whose like, idea was it that just one college could have a network? In a conference. With enough content to fill a full schedule. That was nonsense. Yeah, listen, when you feel in yourself like Texas was. What did they want? You, you, you have a beta conference in the Big 12 who yeah, would let them do I'm that. I'm telling you. And, and then they found out. And then Texas A&M said, I'm taking my ball. I'm going to the SEC. The hell with that. Now, I and see I, why I they it. would hate it. I see why A&M yeah. would hate it. And why Missouri would hate it, because that's in their footprint. And right now, it means something to them to say, yeah, listen, Texas, Oklahoma, you want to play Bama every year? You want to play Georgia? You want to play LSU? You want to play Auburn? NFL scouts are watching these SEC battles. Uh, Big 12, not so much. They're not taking you seriously. They're taking you you seriously. You don't have to leave your home state to do do Right, right. So if I'm Texas A&M, I would love to know what they think about this. Oh, they hate it. Yeah, can we get... They don't uh, like it. Texas A&M channel on here just to talk about that. <laughs> All right. I want yeah. to hear their content creators talk about whether they like this deal or not. Because if I were yeah. Texas A&M, I was like, listen, man, I paid a lot of money to leave y'all. They had to pay, <laughs> they had to pay, a, they had to pay a penalty to leave the Big 12, if I, if I recall correctly. They yeah, didn't get all scotch free. Yeah, it was not a whole thing where we could just leave. They had a contractual obligations that they broke when it came to the SEC, and they had to pay a major penalty to the conference. Well, it was the, out of left field. It was out mm-hmm. of left field. It was. It was just like you know what? Screw it. I I'll do whatever it takes because once they got the big, once they got their own network, Texas got their own network, Longhorn Network. A and M was like, well, mm-hmm. get me out of here. Yeah, listen. Yeah. The, the the two TV models that work in college football is the SEC network and the Big Ten actually has a more lucrative deal than the SEC hmm. for their member schools. Right? Mm-hmm. Who are they with? Is the Big, big Ten with Fox? Uh, yeah, the Big Ten Network is very, very profitable. Um, I don't know the numbers in front of me, but I'm telling you, uh, they their model works as well, too. So when it was Nebraska and Colorado that came over, uh, Nebraska came, Nebraska came over, and I think they picked up Rutgers. Pac-12, Colorado to the Pac-12, right? So Nebraska came over. They picked up Rutgers and Nebraska. Mm Right. Those yeah. those teams instantly benefited from that jump because it doesn't matter whether you're good or not. Right. When you have an equal revenue sharing model, uh, it it helps the schools at the bottom get that money to elevate their programs. You know, so like Vandy, Vandy's just along for the ride. Yeah. yeah but they're sharing in all this TV money, all this bowl game money. And for a lot of people who don't understand how this bowl, the bowl game model works is, is that when you make a bowl game, Right. And you bring in bowl money. That money does not go to your school. Right. It goes into a pot that is then evenly distributed out to all the member institutions. Right. So when Bama makes the national title game and another Georgia makes the playoff. That's like one hundred million dollars that gets brought in for the conference. Yeah, especially if you you get if you get two schools in there, it's a it's it's huge. I'm telling you. So, you know, you know, when people would. Uh, make fun of uh, why we chant SEC around bowl time. How do you root for a conference? I don't understand you're rooting for your rivals. And people would say that. I'm like, listen, man, when SEC teams make bowl games, that's more money coming in for the conference. And your school benefits from it. Right. Right? So we do. We want as many SEC teams to make bowl games as possible, and then we want them to win it so they get the respect going into the next year for the top-tier bowls. Yeah. They have SEC tie-ins. 
But, you know, you bring Oklahoma and Texas over. I'd be shocked if just those two came over, though. There's a lot. I'm telling you, there's a lot of politics out there in the Southwest that uh, are going to be really, really difficult to unravel for this deal to happen with just those two schools. Right. Because Oklahoma State is not going to stay in a a floundering Big 12. Right. If they divorce from Oklahoma, they're not going to stay. I'm telling you, they're going to have to find another home. They're not. The Big Twelve. I mean, this ends the this ends the Big Twelve. As a matter of fact, I'm telling yeah, you, the Big Twelve is not a conference. Yeah. yeah, the conference falls apart, and then everybody's gonna have to find a new home. Because I don't well, even know who you pull from to even make that conference. They would have to pull from the the ACC in, in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. I think Memphis is a good pickup. They're decent. They've had, they have they are a eight to ten win team for their conference. Right uh, in their in their conference, which they play a couple big people, so they're going to have a couple losses. Um, I'd say the same for Cincinnati. Now that Luke Fickle is there, but if he's not there, then I don't think they're consistently good. So maybe right. not them. Mm. Um, uh, wait, there are a couple. Uh, wait, don't we have a graphic about how conference? Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Boise, Boise, Boise in the Big Twelve. That makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I one hundred percent agree. I agree. They wouldn't be happy about it. I mean, I, again, if if I'm if I'm <laughs> the big the Big Twelve or you know I I, w- I wouldn't picking up Boise after losing Oklahoma. It feels like a consolation prize. It does. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a consolation prize. It's nothing to jump up and down about, but it saves your conference. It right. won't save your conference. I'm thinking it will. Right. Boise's yeah. big enough to do some work for you. Someone, okay. I see some people saying BYU, SMU. See, that's that's what the, that's who they be that's who they be picking up. That's who they be picking up. I mean, it's it's again. If I'm Oklahoma State, I'm 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 shopping. North Dakota State. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how the Big Twelve would survive. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, facts and all, the weekend tailgate, our player interview series, building rapport, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Let's have some fun with this. All right. Now that we've talked about how unrealistic this is and how ugly it would be for other people who would suffer let's talk about how we would benefit what would and and shout out to Corey dub was like what would we call the conference i would call it the big three force because that's how much of the power of college football is in our conference like it, it who else who else is out there outside of ohio state and clemson that would really make noise other than the SEC, if that were to happen. Yeah, and I don't want to hear nobody other than, no, other than that, that school that has no allegiance to anyone. I don't want to hear nobody complaining that six teams from the SEC makes the playoff every year. None. Zero complaining. They let this happen, right? Like, just yeah, no complaining <laughs> about that. Because it's all you already know there's gonna be complaints about three teams making a 12-team playoff. Well, let's 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 have fun with this game. Let's talk about what. What would the SEC look like? Because we know, and the way it's formed, it will be some major restructuring, right, for our conference if these two programs came over. 
So what would the new SEC look like? Well, we have an idea. Um, and I saw I saw other people talking about it already. Yeah. But this is this is the war reporter's idea of what this could look like should it come into fruition. Mm. Okay. All right. Y'all ready for it? Yeah, I see it. So you have a new SEC West here. Oklahoma, Ugh. Texas, Ugh. Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Arkansas, and Missouri moves over to the West from the East. So what does that mean? Bama and Auburn are the two new additions to the SEC East. Thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, yeah. Um, so while we're looking go, at this, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Let's let's let's. Uh, I, I, we already know you're already against this already. So how yeah. much this would be? This would be them spiking the football in your face. So what? I, go, I, I ain't gonna lie, just, fellas. Listen, the West looks tough. The East got the better draw. If you ask me, oh, yeah. we had to stay in there. You talk, you're talking about the bottom part of the West is heads and tails better than the bottom part of the East in this bracket. So who do I put at the bottom? Vandy, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky is the bottom of the SEC East. Right. Right. The bottom of the West, Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU, Mizzou, that, that's a much better bottom half than what's in the East currently. Now, no, wait, wait, wait. But the bottom half, no, the bottom of the SEC West would be Mizzou, Arkansas, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's what I said. You said LSU, but they're not not in the bottom half. Uh, Did I say, I didn't mean LSU. I didn't mean LSU if I said that, right? Yeah, so like, I'm like, man, this would make for a really, really interesting, I could see some really exciting SEC championship games coming out of this schedule, right? I do, I do kind of, there's a part of me that longs for an Alabama-Auburn SEC championship game. And that's the one thing that I hate about this, right? Uh, Being able to play them possibly a second time for all the marbles, because in a a conference like this, despite what happens, you know, does the playoff, after Bama won a national title without winning the SEC, it kind of watered down the SEC championship a little to me, being an SEC champion. You could not you can yeah. not win the conference and then still win a national title. I think that this brings that title game, surviving all that and then having to play one of these teams brings th- some prominence back. I don't think we lost a lot. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it brings some prominence back to the SEC championship game. So you're right, man. Um, uh, Georgia versus Oklahoma SEC championship game. Both those teams are making a 12 team playoff. Yeah, right. This this guarantees this move would guarantee that the SEC has a minimum of three teams in the playoff every single year. Yep. Right. The winner, the runner up and then somebody else and possibly a fourth team. So, again, if you're the SEC, you want this to happen. You're making a case. <laughs> I know. I mean, I listen, you're I can, making I, a case for yeah, yeah. this to listen, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm telling you, I agree with everything Brian said about why it makes sense. I just hate it because I hate those <laughs> schools and I want them to stay on their side of the yard. That's this is it. No, no, no logic behind it. This is just pure disdain 
for Oklahoma, for for Texas first and foremost. I don't really have that big a problem with Oklahoma, other than their package deal with Texas. Right. Okay. I can stomach Oklahoma, but 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 I know Texas is coming with them, so now I got to hate them too. Right. Um, yeah, but I I think this this alignment again, if you're talking about, I mean, besides having Bama on our side of the conference. You know, this alignment makes a lot of sense. If, if I, I mean, if you wanted to even this out a little bit, you maybe throw um, Ole Miss to the east and Auburn to the west. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it, this, this is tough. This is tough to look at. Um, what, what, what do you think this does for what would be the impact of, of teams that play? Two questions. What's the impact of, Cross division rivals. Ah, perfect. Okay, listen. First, well, let me let me back up for a second and just say that. Okay, so you got to play six other games in your division. I, think it, I, think it, I, don't, I don't. I don't even think that's a thing anymore. Right. So you're gonna play six SEC games within your division, and then you got four more games you have to play. If you are playing, if you're playing in this conference, there is zero incentive to schedule a tough non-conference game at any point during the year. Okay, so my so my question, my question, and it's gonna go to UB Will. All right. If you're South Carolina, what happens to Clemson? Mm. If you're Florida, what happens to Florida State Miami? Mm. If you're if you're Oklahoma, what happens to Oklahoma State? Clearly, they probably probably won't be playing each other. But mm. what what happens to those teams who have major rivalries outside of this conference? Knowing that, knowing that you have a gauntlet of a of a regular season to play. Well, the first thing that happens is we're going to go to nine games automatically, nine SEC games at least Ooh. nine SEC games because there's going to be seven other people in your division. You got to play all of them. Two people from the other side. Based on rivalries, ours would likely be probably yeah. LSU, and then the other one rotates. And we're going to keep the current model where you have a a constant rival from the other division and then a rotating uh, opponent. What happens to Oklahoma state? So Louisville and Kentucky do this thing where they play each other every year. Mm. They're not in, they're not in conference. They just schedule them every year, just the way Florida plays Florida state. So what it means is for those people, they're going to have nine sec games and then one power five game, at least 10 of their 12 games are quality opponents. Well, everybody in the SEC is a quality opponent, but y'all know what I mean. So you got room for two cupcakes on their schedule instead of three and maybe four. Two. And that's a lot tougher proposition. I mean, it's like Mike said, you have no incentive to go play anybody that can actually beat you for those two games. No. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Like, you're, you're taking your cupcakes. Mm-hmm. You're taking your cupcakes and you're sticking with them every year. Listen, I'm playing Georgia State. Akron, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Ohio, anybody, literally nobody tough for those games with with absolutely no conscious, no remorse about scheduling in this right. schedule. Right. So, you know, if we're going to play a 12 game schedule, this is tough. And then think about then you have an SEC championship game if you make it through all this and then potentially three or four playoff games. That's a lot of football. It is. That's a lot of football for college kids. Do so, you, to your your question, B, are you hurting 
your conference by playing more conference games than other conferences? No, no. I mean, the reason you're not is because we get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to seeding now, like by a long shot. So now you don't even have to be the SEC runner up. You can be the third or fourth best team. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. They did beat Oklahoma, though. You know, Georgia (laughs) lost three games, but they beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma. We got to get them in there for that because Oklahoma won the conference. And now they're in there. Now you're fourth best team. You say it'll, it'll be three. I say four at least. Yeah. Four teams are in if unless it's just a terrible year and, and some some weird stuff happens, like a whole bunch of QB injuries or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't think this hurts you because you're going to get the benefit of the doubt, much like we did for a while during that run between 2005 or not. No, right after Texas won the national championship. So 2006 to really 2013. Right. The SEC just got the benefit of the doubt every time. Yeah. And I think that keeps happening no matter what. So LSU lost two games. It doesn't matter. Let's put them again in there against Ohio State. Right. LSU won. Florida lost. Ohio State's undefeated. Now let's put them in there. Um, or Oklahoma's un- undefeated. Let's put them in there. And Florida won. Every time you're going to say, yeah, but look who they had to play. And you're going to put the SEC teams ahead of the other teams in the playoff. Now, somebody was saying um, maybe you don't have to win the SEC anymore. And the only way that you incentivize still playing to win the SEC championship is if that gets you higher seeding and higher seeding gets you an either a rest or a home game Facts. for increased revenue. Right. That's the only way you do it. Because like Mike just explained, everybody in the conference is getting the playoff money. So it doesn't help you. Uh, Alabama's making the game. We're home watching, but we're making money because they're in the game. Right. But if you get a home game, SEC doesn't get ticket sales. SEC, SEC doesn't get food sales and, and, and beverage sales and merchandise sales. The, the city gets all that. The school gets all that. So that's your incentive. It's got to be a home game to incentivize winning the conference. Ooh, that'll get you that bread back. Oh, but, man. Can you imagine yeah. that? Auburn hosting a playoff game in Auburn. Mm-hmm. You're, I love that idea. Now again, so you keep the uh, there's no tanking at the at the end of the season because we're going to make it anyway, right? Right, like because right. you I mean when you start talking about these super conferences and twelve team playoffs, you know there are some adv- the, the ultimate prize is a national title, but that's how you put some emphasis on why that SEC championship matters if it means a first round buy like you said B or you get to host. Home field advantage until the national title game, which is played on a neutral site. Yeah. Or at least until the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking bread. Right now. And if you snuck in as that 12th team, mm-hmm. your punishment is you got to go to Bama. You got to go to Clemson. You have to go to these schools and prove why you belonged in the playoff. Yeah. I yeah. like that. I like that. So uh, they've got to get this right. Ultimately, I still hope this idea dies where it started. Um, you said I'm all excited, then you said you wanted to die. Come on, yeah, man. Right. But I'm telling <laughs> you, but if they're, if they're I hope it dies, it, though. <laughs> but if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, I would be. Let's just see chaos. Let's, I mean, if they're going to go through this, there's nothing we can do about it. I want absolute bedlam. I want to, I, we, we are good. We should be living in the upside down. Um, yeah, I, again, I, w- I know, I think, I think AL.com, some, I think they mentioned, they mentioned that I think you have to have like 75% of the teams in the conference buy in to this. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or or be be okay with this. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it'd just be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming weeks, maybe months, even. But this has been the major story of the day. When we're we're hearing a lot of you guys having a whole conversation in the comments. Mm-hmm giving your opinion. Some people hate it. Some people hate the the proposed realignment. People want Auburn to stay in the West. We yeah. hear you. I just don't see how that happens. It should this uh, come to fruition. Uh, we also had a good question, uh, which we might need to look into. This this could come down a pipeline. But we were we were asked about what about war report flags Yo, that's a for tailgating. Whoa, don't whoa. know why we never thought about that. But shout out to to you. Uh, is it? Help me, guys. Eighty. Oh yeah, eighty. Uh, yeah, eighty-seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great idea. Great idea. So yeah, we will. I saw that and I was like, yeah, we definitely got to. If, uh, if Ike's listening, he's probably on that already. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> um, already has it halfway printed out. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, we 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 also had a question before we get into the 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 second part. Uh, we were asked by by Mike McKinney, how do you guys think Harson handles media days, Mike? Like like a robot. Okay. I mean, no no bulletin board, nothing. Get up there. I mean, he took Owen Papo and Bo Nix with him, if I recall correctly. Yes. So I think that he's going to go out there and he's going to set an example for the type of team he wants to have. I believe this team will reflect Harson's complete mantra on everything. So, you know, what is that? That's it's what he's going to show tomorrow at Media Days. I think that he'll avoid the gotcha questions and just really focus on, you know, 1-0. That's what yeah. I think we get from Harson. 1-0. Uh, win practice, right? Win fall camp, win the first game, and then just keep winning after that. So uh, I'm sure they'll try to trip him up on some Bama questions and a bunch of stuff. But, you know, this guy, he's just no nonsense. I think that they'll find that out. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that he'll want to show his team the type of leader he is. So the young men that are following him, you know, this, you, you get up there in front on the podium in front of the rest of the conference and the country. And he's going to set the stage. He's going to set an example for the type of behavior he expects his guys to emulate. Day to day. Yeah. Go up there, handle your business, come back, get back to work. So no bulletin board material, you know, these NIL deals, man, I'm telling you, Arson is not, I just, again, he's not going to put up with anything that might even look like a distraction from NIL. You will find your behind right in the pine under this coach. Okay. I see you rapper, my G. Right. If you if, poetry, yeah, <laughs> if, your will ride the pine. If you if you bring no any problem. of that mess into the, the locker room, uh, you know, I saw a thing um, about uh, I think it was Saban said that he was asked a question at media days about Bryce Brown. And they said that he's going to make a million dollars in endorsements. 
this quarterback who has not started a game for Alabama is going to make a million dollars in endorsements. He signed some deal. I mean, it was Alabama, so I didn't read too far into it. I just saw the statement from Saban. Wow. Yeah. It does change the game. But you know what? That endorsement is going to be worth if he gets benched. Because if you are not the starting quarterback at Alabama, I'm sure that the companies who are giving this money have put protections in for themselves. If you bring bad press or if you, you become nobody or if you transfer. You know, I can't wait to see the, uh, the details in some of these contracts. So coaches are getting asked about this stuff at media days. Now, I haven't seen anything of anything that big coming from any of our players. Right. Right. But I think that a part of that is Harson, man. You got to go out. You have to earn that. Now, Alabama has maybe earned that, but has Bryce Brown earned it? No. Bryce Young. You keep saying Bryce Brown. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce Young. Bryce Brown. is He played for us at basketball. <laughs> yeah. I just, you can tell I don't care about Alabama. So, like, <laughs> uh, you know, has he earned that? No, he's not earned that. So, again, you're going to see all business from Harson tomorrow. And um, I don't, I don't think he shows much personality tomorrow. I think he just goes up there and stonewalls so, him. Yeah, yeah. B, B, what about you, bro? What you think? Um, he's gonna like Mike said. He's he is a no nonsense dude, and he realizes that he has proved nothing yet. And I don't think he came here to prove nothing. I think he will be. It's man, it's speculation. It's gonna be, hey, you saw what Saban did. Hey, his players are getting this money, and hey, how do you expect to compete and all that? And, and none of what's going on down here is Harson's doing, so he's not really gonna have any relevant answers for that. Right. Everything's gonna be about the the biggest team, the biggest program in the conference, and that has been Alabama, definitively. So you have to expect he has to know these questions are coming. He's going to hear the school up north jokes and For he's sure. going to be asked about what Tony Fair said on, on the Instagram live or whatever it was. And and he's going to be like, um, well, I'm going to tell my guys that they've got to go out and, and earn the right to talk like this or something like that. Because that's what hard, you know, hard nosed coaches do. So I don't think it's going to be anything noteworthy. Honestly, I haven't been able to catch the SEC media days, and I'm going to try to catch Harson. But if I don't, I bet I could script for you right now exactly what he's going to say. For most of the questions and get it like 75 percent right yeah. i don't expect it to be to be um any bulletin board material for other teams i don't expect it to be enlightening as far as in nil or anything like that it's going to be standard football coach stuff and i like that until he has proven anything on the big stage before then whatever mm-hmm. yeah and i think probably the anything that's coming out of tomorrow will actually come from the players. Um, I, I expect there'll be something, uh, not not necessarily bulletin board material, but I, th- I think either Bo Nix or Papo actually have the more interesting comments. I, th- I think Harson is going to be, as he's been all all up to this point, hard-nosed, uh, he's going to talk ball, 1-0, getting better, development, those mm-hmm. types of things, right? And... Yeah, uh, I, I think he handles himself well tomorrow. Um, again, he's a professional, man. This man has been coaching for years. He's been around some of the great minds. He knows how this goes. Granted, he's in the SEC for the first time, but he's a professional. And I think 
he hasn't shown us that he's going to he's, he's going to leave all the other the other stuff the bulletin board to the Kiffins the Leeches the other coaches in our conference who will gladly deliver that uh, for the media so I, I think Harson is going to fly under the radar and uh, get in and get out of there so War Rapport family, it's your boy Mike G. The 2021 season is almost here and we're cooking up a bunch of amazing new content for our listeners. New segments, new giveaways, new interviews, and new game day experiences. But you have to be an insider to get in on the action. So head on over to YouTube and search for The War Rapport. When you see the channel, look for the join button. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss what we've got coming. So keep listening. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and get your weight up by becoming an insider for the 2021 Auburn football season. Let's go, baby. Now let's get back to it. Uh, let's 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 talk about let's talk about uh, what we opened up with. Let's let's talk about the recent verbal commitment. Jay mm. Fair, three star wide receiver. Yeah. Commits to Auburn. Uh, he's a speedster. Uh, here's some of his information. 5'11", 180 pounds, according to Rivals or AuburnSports.com. Uh, he's a number 83 receiver, and he's the 86th overall recruit in the state of Texas. Uh, as in his junior year, he had 73 catches for uh, 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. He commits to Auburn over TCU and Florida, and he actually has a cousin already on this team in Daniel Foster Allen, who's a mm. defensive lineman. So him coming from Texas, he already has family here that has to help and assist uh, as he gets acclimated to, to Auburn um, should his commitment sticks and he signs his letter uh, of intent. But Jay Fair is Auburn's latest commitment. Now, I had an opportunity to watch some film on this kid. Uh, he can take the top off of the defense. Uh, speedster, he's, he was a two-sport athlete in high school. He ran track. So that, that should give you an idea of how fast this kid is. And on his highlights, we see him basically, again, he, he ran some, some kick returns back. Um, so he could be an option in special teams. And the kid is pretty good out in space. So. Uh, he's bought into what Bobo, uh, Coach Corn, and Harson is selling, and uh, he intends to be a Tiger. So, talk to me, B. Will. I don't know if you had a chance to check this guy out or see any film on him. What do you make of this addition, given the youth we have and quarterback? What does what does this kid bring to Auburn, and and what makes you excited about him, if at all? Go ahead, Mike G. Um, this is very Harson. This is a Harson type of pickup. A uh, guy who has a ton of potential, three star. Um, now in, in the state of Texas, right? Uh, being number eighty three, you know where they have so much high school football. Uh, it, may, it may sound low down the list, but uh, this is what it comes back to: is how much do we trust how this staff is evaluating the talent that they are planning to bring in? Uh, we have not earned the right. I don't want anybody to freak out and think, oh, this guy's only a three-star. He's only recruiting three stars. If he, He's got to get the ball rolling this season. And yeah. some of these guys that are coming in, and once he starts showing what he's doing with the talent that he gets, the four and fives will start rolling in. But don't make no mistake, right? Uh, one man's three-star 
is another man's five star because somebody always misses on some guy like Jay Fair. And then he turns into the next five star receiver. And we can't and we can't figure out why he was a three star to begin with. Right. So watch out for this kid. I watched some of his highlights and he just seems it's he reminds me of a lot of the receivers we already have that are extremely talented. Right. They just need some they need work. They need guidance and they need coaching. So I heard somebody uh, say Jordan Bowens here says next Tyreek Hill. Agree. He's got that kind of talent. And if we can scheme a way to get guys like this, the ball in space and let them just use their athleticism. I think we have failed miserably at that over the last eight years. Getting skill positions consistently, the ball in space to just let them let their athletic ability take over. Juke a guy, run a guy. Yeah, that's what I hope this system takes kids like Jay Fair and get some ball in space and, and, and let this be the next three star that is a first or second round pick. Receivers have to come back at Auburn, man. Like, you know, when, when I think about the receivers that we've had over the last 20 years, and I'll go way back, when I think about the Ben Obamanus and the Devin Aroma Shadus and the Anthony Mixes and the Courtney Taylors, guys who, if they played in this day and age, would have left Auburn with records. Right. You know, we need to get back to getting those kind of guys in here. And, and we, even though we were run first because that was Tuberville's brand of football, and we had to, and see, you know, uh, in his defense, we had some really good running backs, you know, over that stretch. Yeah. The class of 03, I think to 06, was the winningest class in Auburn football history. We had some really, really good players during that stretch. Arson's got to be able to harness that type of thing again. Where we are developing kids because that's what Tobyville did. He took a lot of two stars and turned them into draft picks. Because he had coaches who knew what they were doing. Now, let me tell you, I'll tell this story real quick. The first practice, Auburn football practice I ever filmed, they put me on defensive backs. And it was what we call DB fundies, DB fundamentals. They're just backpedaling and flipping their hips and doing stuff, right, to get loose. And Coach Gene Chizik, who was our defensive coordinator at the time, uh, was coaching them. Now, I remember listening to him coach, and I wanted to put my camera down and try out for the football team. Just, I mean, one of the most guys, one of the most inspirational guys you will ever hear in practice. It was incredible. I was like, wow, just listening to him coach his guys on just small things. Yeah. Now, I, can, I can't repeat it the way that he said it, but I just I, I remember sitting there and just questioning my whole direction of life. Maybe I should be trying to be a defensive back at Auburn. <laughs> you know, he was so good. And with a lot of guys who were little known coming out of high school that ended up being really, really good players for Auburn. What yeah. if Jay Fair, under this type of coaching, is that kind of kid? Where we can just say, hey, listen, when we can stop worrying about stars because we trust the guys developing and picking. Right. Now, I, I know we, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we've almost got him all the way out of our system. Once the season starts, he will be all the way out. But 
Gus, we couldn't trust Gus. He needed the stars. He needed every star he could get because we could not trust his system to develop these kids, especially offensively. That's the one thing that's, that, that we hope Harson can turn around. We just, we're not talking about it. it. doesn't matter where we land if we're, if we're 15th in recruiting. Our staff knows how to pick the right guys. And then hopefully, beyond that, they're going to out-scheme you every Saturday, too. So when right. Brian says Saban is not the best X's and O's coach, while he may not be, you still need a coach who knows X's and O's better than him. Because we know he's got the five-star talent. So if you're not going to go out and, and five-star for five-star, you need to be able to develop better and scheme better. So that when you bring in a Jay Fair, he gets his opportunity to actually use his talent to help the team win. Right. And we don't end up with another Anthony Schwartz. Who still found his way to the you know, to the NFL? All the time all in of the that. world, but yeah. probably one of the most underutilized players in Auburn football history. Yeah. So when I watch Jay Ferris tape, that's the feeling that I get. Man, I hope the coaches know what to do with him. And and my thing is, and, and we're having a we're having a, a conversation in 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 the, in the comments section about we still need you know a five star here. Listen, if if you do what Mike G is talking about develop and scheme better you can bring in those kids the reason the reason why year one is what it is is because of the dead period and COVID and these coaches coming in on the tail end not being able to get to some of these four and five star but there's going to be some four stars committing very soon hopefully to Auburn so stay tuned on that but Mm -hmm. I just think if you're able to show and prove you know we had Josh Pate on and he says listen if you could put a competent product on the field, you can show kids, hey, here's what we're doing. Look at how look at how much better we've made guys on this team. Look mm-hmm. at how much better Bo is. Look at how much better these guys are. Look at how much better we've made these guys in year one. You can think about what we can do with three years of you. Right. Yeah. We know what we want to do. We just need you to do it. That's the pitch to recruits. The stars will take care of themselves if you do the other two right. I'm telling you, I am telling you with beyond a shadow of a doubt, if he could let let Harson mess around and beat Penn State convincingly on the road and watch the stars start to rein in. Let him go primetime national television, premier non-conference opponent and whoop some ass on the road. Yeah. And, and, and this whole star conversation will get put to bed. And then let him start SEC play beating either LSU or Georgia. You don't even have to win them both. Or just giving them hell. Just giving right. them a really hard time as right. opposed to laying down like we have been in past years. Yeah. Go to Death Valley and get a win for the first time in 20 years. I'm sick of getting beat by them with all this top 10 talent. Right. Not one time in 20 years have we gone into Death Valley and got a win. We are Auburn University. Take a guy like Jay Fair and go get the win. You know, and this kid, this, this guy isn't here till next year, man. You know what? For, uh, take Malcolm Johnson Jr. Take JJ. Take Capers. 
Take these guys and go get the win. Finally, please. I'm pleading with you. I'm tired of being here as a fan. We have the resources. We got the money. We got the coaches, hopefully now. And we've had the players put it all together. Because you know what's coming is a 12-team playoff. And if we can't make a damn 12-team playoff with top 10 recruiting classes, I don't know what to say about that. Throw the whole staff out. <laughs> it, it is ridiculous. So we're sitting here, we're having a conversation about, about Jay Fair, right? Coming full circle. And I'm thinking, I want to be excited about this kid. But I'm disillusioned by eight years of misevaluation and underutilization. Yeah. And underachievement. Poor roster management. And I don't care what you say. We have under, we underachieved under the last. We got two decent seasons out of eight. Both ended in consolation prizes. And one in an absolute embarrassment. The hell with that. And that's what I hope Carson shows us at media days tomorrow. Business. We're here to handle our business and we're here to give you the work. Come get it. People have to be scared to play Auburn at Auburn. This joke with Bama is getting old. Yeah, we beat them every once in a while. But what did that amount to? It didn't amount. Nobody actually believed after we won that we were better than Bama. In 2019, we went out there, there and we, we, we went in our house and we pulled off the win. Who believed that we were the better team? Spoiler alert, we were not. We have to start to believe that we're the better team, man. And then it's not just some fluke or luck or we don't need a kick six, you know, or prayer Jordan Hare to beat our top rivals. Why do you, that's why Gus got all that money in 2017, because they thought that was the start of that. At the end of that season, we beat both those teams convincingly. And we were so starved for that kind of production that everybody just said, here's 50 million, Gus. And then he went right back to his office and sat on a whoopee cushion. <laughs> because the whole thing was a joke. No more jokes, man. No more jokes. No more games. Game face on, and let's go get this thing. And start showing kids like Jay Fair why Auburn is a good decision. I, hell, I hope we can show the kids we have now why staying was a good decision. Right. Do the right thing by these kids. You're making millions of dollars to do just that. And I'm not asking for a championship every year. But I think now with a 12-team playoff coming, asking for us to be in the conversation for a 12-team playoff, it should not be out of the question. Every year in a 12-team playoff, Auburn should be in the conversation. If not making it. Every single year. Yeah, I, like, I really like Jay Fair. I think he's going to do well here. Hey, uh, Brian. Brian, what do you think about Jay Fair? <laughs> I think more to Mike's point, it doesn't matter. The star rating matters very, very little to me. Very little to me. We know that everybody else we play, Georgia and Bama, are going to have five stars out the wazoo, fives and fours. And if they have a three, it's because they wanted that three and they scouted that three in a way that the services didn't scout them, but they know something that the services don't. What's important to me is that they're getting the guy that they know they want 
Mm. that they're getting the guy that they know will has the skill set that they're looking for. The difference between high threes and fives is if he was three inches taller and 10 pounds heavier. And to me, listen, you're 5'11", great. You don't have to be 6'2", 6'3", to be effective. I get it. You want the guy that can high point and, and can stop on a dime. And listen, but you don't have to be that to be an elite production player in the SEC. You have to have athleticism for sure. You have to be a hard worker. But every time we get some recruiting news, I'm just looking back like, you know what? I'm going to trust the coaches. I couldn't trust the last ones. Our administration saw that we couldn't trust the last coaching staff's offensive Mm. recruitment and development. So I am hoping and thinking that you guys fix that with this pick. Mm. By the staff that you have assembled, that problem has been solved. And that's we're going on faith a little bit because we haven't seen anything different. There's been no time to judge that yet. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that that part of, of the program is fixed and that no matter what the star rating is on these guys, when they commit, and I'm still not too concerned with committing because sign on the dotted line, then, then we'll get excited. Right. Right. Trusting that they know how to identify talent, talent for your system and that they have a method for developing these guys into NFL caliber players. So I am hoping that I am assuming that for every recruitment that that recruit that we get, I am assuming that they knew what they were doing. And we will really know, I guess about 2024, once this first class that they picked handpicked is hitting their junior season, that's when we'll know who they are and how, how good they did and how well we fix the problem that we used to have. Yeah. Agreed. Agree with all that. Good points, gentlemen. Good points, gentlemen. Listen, please be sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The War Report. We are TW Report on Twitter. Please be sure to share this video using hashtag get your weight up as well. That's it for now, but there's more to come. But until then, and as always, Warrior.